Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerberg. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. So we're kicking off a, a new three-part series and uh, there's so much to say on this topic, healing and uh, um, there's, 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 we've got ample resources online. Um, if you want more to dig in a little bit more, then uh, I can direct you to those resources. But uh, this series, um, for, for this, uh, this time, we're going to look at three parts. And so we're kicking off this morning with part one. And, uh, the, the series I've entitled, uh, The Source of Healing. The Source of Healing. And um, I'm tempted to uh, go there, but I won't. Um, <laughs> Uh, tomato sauce, chutney, and mayonnaise. Um, no, not that kind of sauce, but really the, the, the source of, of healing. And we're going to look at from the Word. And this morning specifically, we're going to get into Jesus the healer. Jesus the healer. So open up your hearts. And I want to invite you also, because all of us have got a specific view, a specific uh, experience when it comes to the topic of healing. And uh, a lot of that is linked to the Word, linked to teachings we've heard, linked to experiences we've had or experiences we haven't had. And so oftentimes the pitfall for us is we, we can't receive something new because of something old we're holding on to. We can't receive something new because of something old we're holding on to, an uh, old belief system, uh, an old teaching we've heard, uh, an old whatever, you fill in the blank. And so I want to invite you this morning to open up your hearts and to receive a fresh, a new revelation, a deep understanding of who Jesus is the healer. In order to really see God's power manifest in the area of health, we need to lay some foundations. And that's what we're going to be doing in, in this first session, but then uh, continue throughout the, the series. Now, some foundations, like I said, might get shaken this morning. And if your foundation needs to be shaken, let it be shaken. Because if your foundation is not laid on Jesus Christ, if it's not shaken now, it's going to eventually be shaken in your life. And when a foundation is shaken at an unpredicted time, things go wrong, right? If you think about earthquakes, if, it, if it's unpredicted and, and people don't know it's coming, a lot of things can go wrong. But if you know something is coming, you can prepare for it. And so the, the, the point of that and that illustration is, let's shake our foundations. Let's, let's be purposeful and say, like, Father, if my foundation of... of, of of the, the topic in the arena of healing and my understanding of it, if it needs to be shaken, if it's laid on a shaky foundation, let's destroy it completely and lay afresh the foundation that you've laid for us and showing us through your word. When we talk about healing, the best example to use is Jesus. When we talk about any topic, the best example is always Jesus. When in doubt, Jesus is the answer. Um, and so uh, we're going to look at Jesus, the healer, this morning. But before we look at Jesus, let's look at some popular Christian beliefs on the topic. And uh, some of these beliefs might be yours. And uh, don't, don't fear, don't fret. All of us are at different places in our lives, and we've got different beliefs on different topics. And with the topic of healing specifically, all of us in this room would probably have quite a number of different beliefs. And uh, some of those might be named this morning. Healing is for heaven, or healing is only for heaven. That might be a belief of yours. Healing is only for the Christian. God's will isn't always healing. Sometimes He puts sickness or tragedy on us to teach us something. That's a popular one. 
God's will is always healing, but sometimes He allows sickness or tragedy to teach us something. So that's said a little bit differently. The first one is He puts sickness on, and the second one He allows to teach us something. Then God's, God heals in His timing. And then lastly, and there's a number of them, but I just wanted to pick out a few um, that I know is quite popular in the Christian church. The, Chris, the Christian is already healed. That's another popular one. And uh, we're not necessarily going to get into all of these and uh, contradict all of these this morning, but uh, we're probably going to contradict a lot of them this morning. Before we get into the Word, I want, to, I want you to, like I said already, raise an expect- expectancy for a few things. Firstly, to receive healing or miracle, if that's what you need this morning. And you don't need to... Uh, healings and miracles is not just for when we teach on healing or miracles, but oftentimes when we teach on healing or miracles on a specific topic, it unlocks your heart to receive that very topic, that very thing. And so, uh, praise God, it's not just for when we have series. Last week, Sunday, for example, a few people came up front and uh, a few received healing, and that is awesome. So, just case in point, it's not just for when we teach on it, but I want you to Open up your heart. If you're here this morning and you need to receive a healing or miracle, open up your heart and say, yes, Lord, I want it. Then secondly, I want you to raise an expectancy to walk more confident in this area and to not be a victim of sickness and disease. Because oftentimes something comes over us and we feel paralyzed. We feel like we don't have a say in this matter. And so through this series, I'm going to lay foundations that's going to make you more confident in this arena. And then lastly, I want you to raise an expectancy to be able to minister to and see others healed too. Because that's the purpose of the church. Not just for you to come here and receive everything that God intended for you to receive, but for you to be equipped and to be established in your identity so that you can go out into the world and do the same works as Jesus. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you've received, freely give. And so let's raise our expectancy right now. Thank you, Father. And in this regard, and our expectancies that we just purpose and position in our hearts right now to receive everything and fully what you've created for us to receive and to walk in in this arena of healing and miracles. In Jesus' name, amen. Healing is not the gospel, but healing is available because of the gospel. Very important. Let's go to... Mark chapter 16. So healing is not the gospel, but healing is available because of the gospel. It's very important because oftentimes if we take scripture out of context or we kind of name and claim things out of its design, out of God's purpose, we're not going to see the flow. You need to be plugged into the context. You need to be plugged into the story to see the manifestation of the power. It's very basic. It's very simple. There's power in the, 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 the sockets of the world. In order for these lights to go on, that plug needs to be plugged into the power. I can plug that plug into anything else, and it's not going to produce. It's not going to manifest light. In order for it to manifest light, it needs to be plugged in somewhere. And so for us to, to experience healing, to see the manifestation of healings and miracles in our life, we need to be plugged into the source and also in the right context of the word. So Mark 16, verse 15 to 18 says, And he said to them, As you go into all the world, so here he's ministering to the disciples. Here's the, the account of Mark of the Great Commission. 
where Jesus is ministering and he's sharing with them. He says, and he said to them, as you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. So why don't we to preach? Why don't we to share the message of the gospel to the entire human race? Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes and with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Say healed. Healed. That will be the result of the laying, on, the laying of hands on the sick, praying for the sick. But here it's important we see two distinguishing factors. We see the ministering and the teaching and the preaching of the message of the gospel. Then we see another thing, the laying on of hands. Healing is not the gospel. The gospel is a specific message. And because of the gospel, because of what we have inside of us, the Spirit of God, we now get to manifest healing. Two different things. They link to one another, but it's two different things. This might seem like a, ah, oh, it's not that important. It's very important. Because if you think that you are healed because you're a Christian or because it's just a, a, a natural byproduct, then the explanation of Jesus' great commission here, he said too much. He should have just said, go do the gospel or go and preach the gospel and by default it linked all of these other things. No, it's two separate things. The gospel is a specific message. Because if you think about this, this is a very good example of, uh, of this illustration. If someone is not sick, if someone is perfectly whole in their body, they don't have sickness in their body, they've never been sick, they've never experienced sickness in whatever shape or form. If the message of the gospel was about healing, then that message would not be applicable to that person, right? Think about this, very logical. If the person is healthy and whole, and the message of the gospel was directly linked to and all about healing, then that person would not need the gospel. But all of you should know that the gospel is for the whole world, that every person needs the gospel. The message of salvation, the message of Jesus died for your sin, Jesus was raised from the dead to pour out His Spirit so that you can be one with God, righteous, holy, and blameless. That's the message of the gospel. And with that message, we've been endowed with, empowered with, Power. Acts 1 verse 8, you receive power. That word power is dunamis ability. Dunamis, dynamite ability, empowering. That dunamis is, 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 is the same dunamis that we see when, when the woman with the issue of blood came through the crowds, pressing onto Jesus, touching his hem of his robe, and she was healed. And the scripture says that virtue flew out of him, and Jesus knew something happened. That word virtue is the same word in Acts 1 verse 8 that says power. Dunamis ability, virtue that produces a manifestation of something. And so we need to know that, yes, because we've responded to the gospel, yes, because we've received Jesus and His Spirit, we are now empowered. The source of healing is living and residing on the inside of you. Virtue, power, authority is at your disposal whenever you need whenever you want but are you plugged in so to speak are you plugged in to see the manifestation are you stepping out and laying hands on the sick to see the manifestation or are you just standing with your arms next to your side and hoping and wishing and I'm going to pray for you 
in, my, in, my, in the private of my own home tonight. Right? Like, uh, you guys know what I mean. Like, uh, someone is sick and they're complaining about their sickness and you're like, uh, you, you're the good Christian, you're like, I'll, I'll pray for you. Have a good day. We don't want to pray in the moment because there's risk involved, right? We don't want to pray in the moment because there's risk involved of seeing something or not seeing something. And so it's very important to understand that there's empowering, but in order to see that manifestation, some things need to be realigned and we need to plug into the right source. Now let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. We, I want to zone into, into this, this component and we're talking about Jesus the healer, right? Let's zone in a little bit on the fact and the reality that Jesus is God. Jesus was God. Jesus is God. And Hebrews 1 verse 3 says this to us. He says, The Son, talking about Jesus, is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor. The exact, say exact. So He's the exact expression of God's true nature. Some translation says He's the, he's the uh, exact copy like a copy of something. It's like a, a carbon copy. It's ex ex exactly the same thing. Jesus was the exact expression of God's true nature. Say true nature. His mirror image. So what do you see in a mirror? You see your reflection. You see exactly who you are, but it's a reflection, right? Jesus was a mirror image of God. He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of His spoken word. He accomplished for us the complete cleansing of sins and He took His seat on the highest throne at the right hand of the majestic one. Let's go to John 14 verse 9 to 10. We're talking about Jesus is God. Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So if you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. The Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show Him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does His work through me. So who's the empowering? It's not good cop, bad cop, guys. It's not Jesus wants one thing, God's one another. They want the same thing. God works His power through Jesus. He worked His power through Jesus. He wants to work His power through you. Jesus and God is one. He said in layman's terms, if Jesus did it, then God would do it. Vice versa. If Jesus didn't do it, then God wouldn't do it. Let that sink in. I'm going to say it again. And now think about whatever your situation is with regards to health, healing, miracles, whatever you've experienced, whatever you're trusting for. If Jesus did it, God would do it. If Jesus didn't do it, God wouldn't do it. If, if we're not coming to this conclusion, there's, there's like a blockage for you. Because it's very, it's very simple. It's very straightforward right here in the Word. If Jesus did it, He was the exact expression of God's very nature. God is in Him and He is in God. And so if Jesus did it, then God would do it. If Jesus didn't do it, then God wouldn't do it. And even that statement in and of itself contradicts a whole bunch of popular Christian beliefs on this topic. Matthew 8, 16. We need to... 
bold ex- expectations in our experiences around the Word. Because if it's not around the Word, it's a shaky foundation. God Himself said, heaven and earth will pass away. This world as we know it will pass away. But by no means will any word from the Bible pass away. God has bound Himself to His Word. That's why it's such a valuable thing. It's not the physical Bible. It's not the physical pages. It's not the ink on the paper. It's the inspiration behind this. What is written for us. For instruction. For correction. In righteousness. To live this life in its fullness, as Jesus created for us, as God created for us. Matthew 8, 16. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and He healed all the sick. Say, all. So if you go and study out this word, all, it actually means 50% of the people He healed, and then 50% He let um, stay sick. I'm just joking, bit of sarcasm there. Um, all means all. So however many people are in this room, if Jesus was in this room and He prayed for all of you and He spoke health over all of you, guess how many people would leave this room healed? Every one of you. Because that's all. So He healed all the sick. Now, some of you are sitting here and you're thinking, what about Jesus not doing many miracles in His hometown? Like, he was, he was, he was obviously, it wasn't, it wasn't that, that important because he didn't heal everyone in his hometown. That's correct. He did not heal everyone in his hometown. So we're sitting with a little bit of a conundrum here. Because in light of that, how do you know whether he, he wants you whole or not? Whether he wants you to be healed? Well, let's go to the Bible. Mark chapter 6, verse 1 to 5, looking at this account. Afterwards, Jesus left Capernaum and returned to his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. On the Sabbath, he went to teach in the synagogues. Everyone who heard his teaching was overwhelmed with astonishment. They said among themselves, what incredible wisdom has been given to him. Where did he receive such profound insights? And what mighty miracles flowed through his hands? So here we see a record. They, they, they're acknowledging that Jesus got something different. He's, a, he's He's something different about him. And they also noticed or heard about at least what mighty miracles flow through his hands. So they knew who this was. They knew what he was capable of. But then they follow and verse 3 says, But isn't this Mary, her son, the carpenter, the brother of Jacob, Joseph, Judah, and Simon? And don't his sisters all live here in Nazareth? And they took offense at him. They offense. They took offense at him. They acknowledge there was something different about him. They've acknowledged and they've experienced and they've seen miracles. But then something happened. They took offense at him. Luke 7 verse 23. We're going to carry on now with Mark. Luke 7 23. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Blessed is he who shall not be offended in me. So we're seeing the same topic of offense that hinders the blessing of God to flow. Mark 4, 16 to 17. All of us know the, the parable of the sower sowing the seed. And here verse 16, 17. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. 
and have no root in themselves and so endure for a time. Afterwards, when affliction or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And what happened to that seed? It did not produce any fruit. It did not see a manifestation because of offense. Now, what is offense, you might think, you might wonder. Strong's definition defines offense as to entrap or to trip up, to make to stumble. It's a stumbling block. Being offended is a stumbling block for you to receive what God has for you. Where does the stumbling block come from? Mark 4 said this, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, when you don't highly esteem the word of God above any and other experience or whatever you've seen in this life, if you're going through things and it's contradicting the word, but then you're going by your experiences rather than the word, that is choosing to become offended. It be, you become, your heart becomes a stumbling block to receive what God has for you. The Thayer's definition said it like this, defining offense, to put a stumbling block or impediment in the way upon which another may trip and fall. It also defines offense as to entice to sin. Now the amazing thing with sin, and this is awesome, oftentimes we think of sin and we think of the action of sin. But offense in its simplest form, linking to this definition of to entice to sin, is unbelief. That is being offended. Unbelief that Jesus is who He said He was. In Nazareth, the people there did not believe that Jesus was who He said He was. Unbelief led to them not receiving. Thayer also defines it like this, to cause a person to begin to distrust and desert one whom he ought to trust and obey. And within church context, that might also be applicable to you. An offense will hinder you from receiving the blessing of God, as we've seen over and over, and we'll look at this morning. Offense. Verse 4 in Mark chapter Chapter, um, chapter 6. So he's seeing that the people in his hometown took offense at him. And what happened? Jesus said to them, A prophet is treated with honor everywhere except in his own hometown, among his relatives and his own house. And he was not willing to do any great miracles in Nazareth except to heal a few sick people by laying hands on them. Did any of you pay attention now? He was unable to do any great miracles. It doesn't say he was not willing or he was withholding. He was unable. Why was he unable? Because they were offended. They did not believe. What does it say? Except to heal a few sick people by laying his hands on them. In order for me, thank you, can I use it as an example? Come up here quickly. I want to lay my hands on you and pray for you. Good stuff. So I'm just uh, metaphorically praying for Inku now. You can go sit down again. I'm not going to pray for you. You can go sit down. I'm just using an example. So Ink, 
in order for me to pray for him, can put my hands on him, what needed to happen? It's not a trick question. Excuse me? God will? He needed to come here for me to put my hands on him. What happened in Jesus' hometown? The people who came and he laid hands on, what happened? They got healed. What happened to the people who didn't come to him? They didn't get healed. Why didn't they come to Jesus? Because they were offended. Their hearts were hardened. They didn't believe that he was able. They didn't believe. They didn't believe that he had authority to heal. They didn't believe that he was good because he was only another man like them. They didn't believe in his authority. An offended heart is an unbelieving heart and also an unreceiving heart. And don't think about offenses and like you're bitter and you're like, offended heart can also be a very glad heart. But you're in unbelief. You're not believing that Jesus is who God said he was. You're not believing that on this topic of healing that Jesus healed all, all the time. Anyone who wanted healing and came to Jesus was healed. Every account. You don't find one account where someone came to Jesus expecting to be healed and Jesus said, not today. Or Jesus said, just wait for a moment. You've got this specific sickness and let's come back to me in a month's time and really pray about and see God to teach you something through this experience. And then we'll heal you in a month's time. You don't see that in the Bible. Why not? Because that's not the nature of God. Yes, you can learn things through a tragedy. You can. 100%. But don't say God wants to teach you something through that or He is allowing it because of that. Because that's not found in the Word. Jesus didn't do it. And if Jesus didn't do it, then God doesn't want to do it. Because Jesus is God. Can we all agree on that? Jesus is God. If, if, you, if you're not believing that, then you've, got something, then you've got more problems than healing. They were unbelieving that Jesus is full of grace and truth, the healer who healed all. In the same chapter of Mark, interestingly enough, if we go down to the bottom, verse 54, we see what unoffended people with open hearts experience from God. The moment they got out of the boat, everyone recognized, say recognized, recognized that it was Jesus the healer. So they recognized him as someone, something with authority. What happened to people who were unoffended that was not staying away from Jesus' setting, that, that didn't kind of uh, um, boycott Jesus, so to speak? They recognized that it was Jesus the healer. So they ran throughout the region telling the people, bring all the sick, even those too sick to walk, and bring them on mats. Wherever he went in the countryside, villages, towns, they placed the sick on mats in the streets or in public places and begged him, saying, just let us touch the tassel of your prayer shawl. And all who touched him were instantly healed. How many people were healed? All. All again that touched him, all who were there ready to receive, all who were expecting to receive something, 
Those who weren't expecting, those who stayed in the houses, they didn't get healed. Why? Because God doesn't want them healed because He wants to teach them something? No. Because they didn't come for healing. They didn't come to receive from Jesus the healer. This is awesome. They recognize Jesus as someone. I pray that you see people in the, within the body of Christ and I pray that there will be more and more people like this that don't major on healing for the sake of healing, but believers are preaching the gospel, believers who are sharing the message of Jesus while at the same time being known as healers. Jesus was known as the healer. I know I can operate more in this. I want to be known in as too, as Etienne the healer. Some of you are saying, that's blasphemy, Etienne. We'll get to scripture in a moment to uh, just uh, prove you wrong. Uh, no, I'm joking. It's not about proving you wrong, proving me right, but we don't want to make statements that contradicts the word of God. Let's go to the word and allow the word to, 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 um, to shape our belief system. Allow the word to determine what we believe, what we stand on, and how we're convicted by that. If you can't recognize Jesus as the healer, you won't be able to receive anything from Him. If you can't recognize Jesus as the healer, you won't be able to receive anything from Him. And this is important. It's not God withholding from you, but it's the freedom God has given you out of love that you're using to reject His power available to you. I'm going to say that again. It's not God withholding from you, but it's the freedom God has given you out of love that you're refusing or using to reject His power available to you. What was the result in Mark 6 of people knowing Jesus as the healer? They brought the sick and the sick were healed. Do you recognize Jesus as the healer? Not the one who sometimes heals. Not the one who, who might heal. Not the one who wants to Build your faith through sickness and tragedy and then one day heal. The healer that healed all of the time, all of the people. And even in this case, and all who touched him were healed instantly. What does instantly mean? Have you ever had instant coffee? Don't put up your hand. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's fine if you're having instant coffee. That's fine. Not going to hold it against you. Um, instantly means spoon in the cup. Water on the coffee, it's coffee instantly. <laughs> instantly. He healed all instantly. So that was the result of people coming to Jesus who recognized Him as the healer and they brought the sick. Faith doesn't hope something is going to happen. Faith doesn't need convincing. These people came by the hordes with a conviction, excited that they were going to receive something. Do you need to convince, or do I need to convince you that you're a human? I hope not. I hope not. You know that you are human. You don't need convincing. But unfortunately, we all need convincing that the Spirit of God lives inside of us, and His Word is true. And that's why we get together in church. That's why we get into the Word and and challenge ourselves with what does the Word say on the topic of healing? Not what does my experiences say? Not 
what have I experienced in life, not what I've heard some teacher saying, but what is the Word saying? And I'm giving you guys the Word this morning. John 14, 10. Don't you believe that the Father is living in me? So we looked at this. I want to just look at it from two more translations and we're wrapping up. Don't you believe that the Father is living in me and that I am living in the Father? Even my words are not my own, but come from my Father. Again, it's so direct, it's so explicit. Jesus and the Father is one. If Jesus said it, then it was because God wanted him to say it. If Jesus did it, it's because God wanted him to do it, because they are one. If Jesus didn't do it, it's because God didn't want him to do it. So again, most popular Christian believes on this topic of healing, contradicts this eternal truth. Jesus and God is one. If Jesus did it, then God would. If he didn't, God wouldn't. For he lives in me and performs his miracles of power through me. Verse 11 to 14 from the message translation. Believe me, I am in the Father and my Father is in me. If you can't believe that, believe what you see these works. The person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing. Like I said, the fact that I, can, I have this desire, this passion to also be called Etin the healer. It's not blasphemy. It's saying what the Word says, saying what the Word desires of us, which is the person who trusts in me, that's the believer. Trusting in God, believing in God is believer, Christian. The person who believes in me, the Christian, will not only do what I am doing, but even greater things because I go to my Father, will not only do the same works as I do, but greater works than these. If you can't imagine that, if you can't uh, envision that for your life, you'll never go there. We see this in, in sports analogies and, and we, we, we often kind of relate to or understand better the, the, the natural world than what we see in the Word. But the Word says this, as a man thinks in his heart, so easy. If you don't see yourself winning, if you don't see yourself overcoming in a sports setting, you'll always lose. If you see yourself as a failure, guess what? You'll always fail. If you can't see yourself the way that God sees you, if you can't start to envision and imagine your life to look like Jesus said, the same works as me and greater things because I go to my Father. Why is that linked? Because I go to my Father. Because it's the message of the Gospel. Jesus died. Jesus rose and went to the Father. And guess what happened in that instance? Pentecost. He's spirit living in you. And that is the empowering. That is the source of healing. God's spirit. I am giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. What, would, what was Jesus doing? We've looked at it this whole morning. Jesus was healing people. I'm giving you the same work to do. Now, alongside with that, Jesus had a specific message. A message of reconciliation. And He's giving us that message. So we still have that message. We still have the gospel. But Jesus, while he was ministering and ushering in that new covenant, he was doing the Father's will, healing the sick. That's the will of God, to heal the sick. For us to experience healing, to experience wholeness in our bodies. You can count on it. From now on, whatever you request along these lines, 
of who I am and what I'm doing, I'll do it. If you don't believe along these lines, if you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, if you don't believe that Jesus is the healer, you'll never be confident to trust Him for signs or wonders or miracles in your body. That's how, this is important, that's how the Father will be seen for who He is in the Son. I mean it. Whatever your request is, in this way, I'll do it. Man, too many testimonies have just dragged God's name through the mud, so to speak. What does Jesus say? Through this, through through healings, through seeing me as the Father, seeing my work, seeing my ministry of healing all the sick, all who came to me, I healed. Through this, that's how my Father will be seen for who He is in the Son. I mean it. Whatever you request in this way, I'll do it. Jesus is the healer, guys. We are one with the healer. Say, I am one with the healer. That's profound. God's Spirit, the source of healing, is living on the inside of you. Dunamis ability, power, virtue is living on the inside of you. And we see this throughout the, the Bible, man, where people, and not just in Paul's day, because uh, we, I've heard many testimonies of this, where, where people pray over, over handkerchiefs or, or pieces of cloth, and, and it's laid on, on sick people and they get healed. Man, that's supernatural. The Christian church, and I'm, I'm putting us in the same camp because we're not walking fully in all of this, but the Christian church in, in large senses has become a superficial church, a very natural church, not the supernatural church. I'm not talking about swinging from chandeliers and, and uh, howling like wolves and waving flags. Like, if you want to do that, you're welcome to do that. But I'm talking about supernatural, where, where, where people are instantly healed of diseases, of sicknesses. That's my expectancy for all of us this morning. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca.